I'm Bruce Worson, pastor of His Place Community Church. The following message came from a Sunday morning right here at His Place. Say it together. LPG stands for? The Lord's Prayer That's right. The Lord's Prayer Guide, uh, which gives us a, a format to follow and personalize. And we'll recap a bit because it directs us to begin each day adoring our dad and then revering our creator in heaven, then discussing our hallowing, which is our obedience and trust, and then kneeling to our king to plan the advance of dad's kingdom. Thy kingdom come, your kingdom come. And then praying for the willpower to do his will by his power. Your will be done. And the line uh, that we're looking at today is, give us this day our daily bread. Read it with me, please. Give us this day our daily bread. Oh, there's just four great things. I can't wait to show you. This is how we know, by the way, that Jesus intended the LPG uh, to be a daily practice because you're praying for daily bread. Your question this morning is very simple. Do you find it hard to hear God? You don't have to answer out loud. Just ask yourself, do you find it hard to hear God? Especially when we need his provision in our life. We're lacking something and we need to hear him. What's going on? Well, I think for most of us, we find it hard to hear God. And you know why that mostly is? Because we mostly, I include myself in this, I'm preaching it myself this morning, we mostly want him on our own terms. And you know what I find odd? I mean, I've been doing this for decades now, and something that's really bizarre. Believers who rarely read or listen to his word and then complain that he doesn't speak. And what's so odd is our willful blindness to the obvious connection between hearing the Lord and knowing his word. Right? I mean, he's gone to all that trouble to send us the ultimate text message. It says, all scripture is God-breathed useful for teaching, rebuking, correcting, and training in righteousness. See, it's, it's all about uh, guiding and directing and instructing and all the things we most need when we, when we really need God to speak. But then, who wants righteousness? I'll tell you. I'll tell you who. Those who are willing to listen quietly daily so that they can hear him loud and clear in the moment of truth because he chiefly speaks through what he spoke I want this to go deep within so let's say it together he chiefly speaks through what he spoke that's so simple but it's profound Here's the first thing I'm so excited to share. Uh, We'll get to it in just a second. In Jesus' day, bread was baked and consumed on a daily basis. They didn't have preservatives and all. So for many, at some point, this was a very literal prayer. Give us this day my daily bread. 
But check this out. This is a, a certified, genuine, 2,000-year-old baker's bread oven that was in use in Jesus' day. Volcanic ash buried it in Pompeii, sealed it in. And when they dug it out and uncovered it, chiseled away, and opened it up, it was found with 81 loaves of perfectly preserved, carbonized bread inside. I think it's done. <laughs> Two, five, look at it. There's even where they break it. Uh, that, that blows my mind. We even know who baked it. We know who baked all 81. See the, the stamp on the left there? That is a baker's mark. And it belonged to someone named Rainius. Rainius baked this loaf of daily bread about 10 years after Matthew recorded Jesus saying, give us this day our daily bread. I just think that's, if you're into that kind of archaeological stuff, it's cool. It's good as it gets. Now, as blessed Americans, and especially blessed American believers, we mostly take our daily bread for granted, right? Because our, I mean, let's face it, our bread baskets are generally overly full, <laughs> and our pantries are full of pastries. And in fact, if you want to know how unrelatable this statement really seems to us, Think about this. I know you'll agree. We are far more likely to pray, give me this day the willpower to stop eating so much bread. <laughs> As a nation, we eat so much bread, we've become gluten intolerant. And so this line of the LPG, give us this day our daily bread, this line doesn't seem so timeless, does it? doesn't seem so all-encompassing. You think Jesus would have, you know, a little more foresight in putting this together. I mean, you would think that, you know, if, if, uh, if you didn't know his word. Which, by the way, he refers to as the true daily bread of life from heaven. But this line, <laughs> this is the second thing I want to show you. It's brilliant. Because this line is a very specifically chosen quote from Jesus' Bible, the Old Testament. In Proverbs, where it says, Give me neither poverty nor riches, but give me only my daily bread. Read that line with me, please. Give me only my daily bread. This prayer works both sides of the tracks. It's, it's brilliant. It prays both ways. Because he says, otherwise, I may have too much. That's us. And disown you. Because we allow ourselves to be distracted. Uh, I do anyway from my daily dependence. My daily gratitude. I allow my abundance to distract me. And I might say, uh, who's the Lord? I, I, who is the Lord? I don't, I don't quite know. Because I no longer sense my hunger for righteousness. Or, the other side of the tracks. I may become poor. And steal. Because that's how I roll when I need me some rolls. And so, and, and, dis, and so dishonor the name of my God. Well, I know how I need to preach this. Because I know which side of the tracks us blessed American believers are on. It's easy to pray for less poverty. Lord, help. But less prosperity? How un-American. 
but I'm going to ask you a question. How often does your abundance distract you from your daily devotion? Worse yet, do you ever pray for success in the very thing that comes between? We need to pray for less. So first we've got to answer, how much is too much? I don't know. That's subjective, right? But you have to decide that. But I'll give you a rule of thumb. Just, just ask yourself how much it takes to disrupt your daily devotion to God. What's it take to disrupt that daily devotion? And then, assuming you'll find the time to squeeze our father in, just ask dad to help you cut back until it doesn't distract you from your daily devotion, your number one. Another good question, how do you pray for less of a good thing? You don't. That would be weird. You wouldn't do it. No, you pray for more of a better thing. That's how that works, beginning with asking the Lord to increase our daily gratitude. Because we're bread blessed. So when you're praying, try picturing Costco. Because <laughs> wow. I mean the blessing that we live under. Try picturing Costco when you're praying. But then fill those shelves with your appreciation. Better yet, thank him at Costco. You're going through the aisles. Next time you're in Costco, just look up and go, thanks. That's all it takes. Just a little appreciation. And when our pantry is filled with a pallet of pastries, we need to ask the Lord to increase our daily dependence because we forget that we're dependent on him. And this is the exact same problem that Moses saw coming uh, and warned all those who were entering the promised land, which as you may remember, it's the land that flowed with milk and honey and those giant Costco-sized bunches of grapes. And so he said, beware that you do not, now he's talking to us, he talked to all the blessed who pray on that side of the tracks. Beware that you do not forget the Lord your God. How? By not keeping his commandments. That's how you forget the Lord, by not keeping his commandments. Otherwise, when you have eaten and are satisfied, you will forget the Lord your God by not keeping his commandments, who led you and fed you manna. And, and you might say in your heart, oh, my power in your heart now, not necessarily out of your mouth, but you just might start thinking this, uh, my power and the strength of my hand made me this wealth. But no, 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 if you're following his warning, then you shall remember the Lord your God by keeping his commandments, a huge for instance being, love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your mind and with all your strength. And love your neighbor. Love your neighbor as yourself. There is no commandment greater than these. Love your neighbor as yourself. So I think we definitely need to ask the Lord to increase our daily compassion. Remember dad's position on hoarding more than the daily uh, manna bread that was allotted? I'm going to cut right to the chase. It bred worms and stank. 
And I think that's just one of the funniest lines because he, he built this into the system of the manna. And so the people who tried to keep more than he told them that they should have because he wanted to test them, see if they would do it each day. They said, I don't, need to, I don't need to eat this manna each day. And so what they stored up, breadworms stank. And it's like God said, you know, breadworms won't cut it. These people are stubborn. It's got to have some stank on it that reaches to a high heaven. And that stank is what you would call the, uh, that certain uh, je ne sais, how do you say that? Je, ne, je ne sais quoi of the putrid sin of receiving dad's blessing while ignoring his command. Well, that's got a stench all its own that reaches to high heaven. It's the this, this stench of the spoiled. And that prayer doesn't say, give me uh, this day, my, give me my bread, <laughs> give it. <laughs> no, no, it's give us. This is how we're to pray it. Because it forces us to think beyond ourselves. Lord, give us this day our, us who? Give us this, the people who need bread that you, that you know about. Give us this day our daily bread. And boy, oh boy, you pray that. Give us this day. Your brain will ask yourself, well, who are we talking about here? And then do we, do us have it? <laughs> because I'll tell you, you pray that prayer and you know that your pantry's full. Then we better talk to dad about lightening the load, our load specifically, by blessing those of us who are less fortunate. Because when our bread box is full, then we need a daily Reminder to fill our heart with gratitude and dependence and compassion. And if your pantry is low, lean into what you know, what you've stored up in your heart, the true bread, and listen for his voice and pray. Pray for two things. I, we all know how to pray when we want something. That's just... Pray, but add this. Pray for less anxieties and more opportunities. Two things that the Lord really likes to, two prayers he loves to answer. And that's kind of the end of that, but oh, I'm so excited to share this because uh, I'd be remiss not to mention the, the same Savior who taught taught his boys, his young disciples to pray in this way, saying, give us this day our daily bread. The same Savior also said that he himself is the true bread. And that man does not live on that bread, eating bread alone, but on every word from the mouth of God. So just know that whatever trial, hurdle, test, or disaster we might face in our moment of truth, the truest provision from our Father will always come from knowing in our heart the words of the truest bread, our Lord, who is also called the Word. We're even told straight out, His name is the Word of God. The Word was with God in the beginning was God. And then what? Oh, the word became flesh. And his flesh, we're told, which is the word, is the bread of life. So however you slice it, 
We can't receive Christ without embracing his word. It's a package deal. It's all kind of one thing together. Did you know that one of the most slanderous charges, we have all, I was just reading one of the written defenses from the second century, from right about 100 AD, defending Christians. Do you know one of the most slanderous charges against the first believers, based on one of Jesus' most controversial statements, was that they practiced ritual cannibalism? There's two famous defenses for them that you can find online. I'll give you Jesus' statement. I think you'll understand. He's, re- he's referring to the daily manna bread. And, and Jesus said at the synagogue in Capernaum, My Father gives you the true bread from heaven, for the bread of God is he who comes down from heaven and gives life to the world. I am the bread of life. He who comes to me will never go hungry. That's important. And he who believes in me will never be thirsty. I am the living bread that came down from heaven. Okay, here we go. This bread is my flesh, which I will give for the life of the world. Unless you eat the flesh of the Son of Man and drink his blood, you have no life in you. Whoever eats my flesh and drinks my blood remains in me and I in him. So the one who feeds on me will live because of me. This is the bread that came down from heaven. The words I have spoken to you are spirit and they are life words of eternal life. I'm surprised more arrests weren't made. It sounds like the walking dead. Feed on me my flesh, drink my blood. And we're told in that story that the Jews sharply argued saying, how can this man give us his flesh to eat? They understood it was a riddle. And so they're, they're how, how, what? And so they're arguing, maybe it's this way, maybe it's that way. And many of Jesus' disciples left him because of that, saying, oh, this is a hard teaching or statement. Who, who can accept it? I'll tell you who. Because it's one of the great analogies of the Bible that's all wrapped up in Jesus. Anyone who can answer this, if you've looked ahead, Don't shout out the answer. Here's the question. You answer this and you'll know what Jesus is talking about. What feeds on human flesh and blood even though they're never hungry or thirsty? Any guesses? This is what they're arguing about. Any guess? You answer that, you'll know what Jesus is talking about. Babies in the womb. Babies abiding in the womb, connected to the umbilical cord of three strands that's not easily broken. It's two arteries and one main vine. I mean vein. The true vine that we all abide in. You know, the fountain of life abiding from the mother, abiding in this new little branch of the family tree who has yet to feel hunger or thirst. This is the image of being reborn and connected to Christ. This is what we're supposed to remember when we take communion. I mean, I get that his body's broken for me and his blood shed for me. I get that, but I eat it and drink it? Yeah. Yeah. I want, now, listen. I'm going to read the same scripture again, but I want you to listen this time and picture Dad's um, biblical cord of three strands reaching down from heaven 
as the true vine attaching to those who choose to be reborn and to abide in him and in his word. My father gives you the true bread from heaven. For the bread of God is he who comes down from heaven and gives life to the world. I am the bread of life. He who comes to me will never go hungry. And he who believes me never be thirsty. Because see, I'm the living bread that came down from heaven. This bread is my flesh, which I will give for the life of the world. Unless you eat the flesh of the Son of Man and drink his blood, you have no life in you. Whoever eats my flesh, drinks my blood, well, remains in me and I in him. So the one who feeds on me will live because of me. This is the bread that came down from heaven. The words I have spoken to you are spirit and they are life. Words of eternal life. The word became flesh and dwelt among us and died for us so that we who come to him and believe in him and receive new life through the sacrifice for sin are reborn and connected to him and nourished through the um, biblical cord of three strands, Father, Son, and Spirit. And now, I hope you're ready for a fast ride through Jesus' testimony, which we're told is the spirit of prophecy. Buckle up. Here we go. Because I want to show you the analogy that's woven throughout the Old Testament, starting with Jeremiah, who says, Ask! Ask now and see! Can a man bear a child? And we would say no. And then he says, Why then do I see every man with his hands on his stomach like a woman in labor? Because he's read his Bible. Behold, the wicked man conceives evil and gives birth to lies. Yeah, they give birth to evil, and their womb prepares deceit. Do not be deceived. Every perfect gift is from above, coming down from the Father of lights, who gave us birth by the word of truth. Now will I arise from the grave. Now will I be lifted up on the cross. You conceive chaff. You give birth to straw. But he who walks righteously, oh, his bread will be supplied. Behold, my servant, whom I uphold, my chosen, he will not cry aloud, not grow faint, until he has established justice in the earth, a covenant for the people, a light for the nations. The Lord goes out. He cries out. For a long time I have held my peace. Now I will cry out like a woman in labor. I will gasp and pant. Well, I, Jeremiah, says, I hear a cry as of a woman in labor, gasping for breath, stretching out her hands. <sighs> 
and saying, alas, I am fainting. My life, my life is given over to murderers. And Jesus cried out and breathed his last. The people have been offered new birth, but they're like a child who refuses to be born. How stubborn they are. How foolish. Unless one is born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God. There's only one man in the Bible who actually gave birth to another human. Guesses? Yeah, you got it. Adam, the first Adam, right? I mean, he, I don't know which side, but uh, the Lord pierced his side and formed his bride, and together they died. However, buckle up again, as in Adam all die, so also in Christ shall all be made alive. Yeah, the first man, Adam, became a living being. Okay, well, the last Adam became a life-giving spirit. See, one of the soldiers pierced his side. And at once there came out blood and water. Everyone who believes that Jesus is the Christ is born. Born of God. Because this is he who came by water and blood. And the Spirit is the one who testifies. Do I bring to the moment of birth, God speaking, do I bring to the moment of birth and not give delivery? Oh, I'll bet you've never pictured the Father this way. You will nurse and be satisfied. As a mother comforts her child, so will I comfort you. So, as newborn babies desire the pure milk of the word, taste and see that the Lord is good. And, and let the word of Christ richly dwell within you, because we should no longer be children tossed to and fro and carried about with every wind of doctrine, grow up. Do not be children in understanding. Now be mature that we, you and I, that we may be able to comfort those who are in any trouble with the comfort with which we ourselves are comforted by God. But I'm afraid that as the serpent deceived Eve by his cunning, your thoughts will be led astray from a sincere and pure devotion to Christ. For everyone who lives on milk, <laughs> being still an infant, is unskilled in the word, in the word of righteousness. But then who wants righteousness, right? I'll tell you who. Those who are ready to daily pray, give us this day only our daily bread. And then they pause to consider their true needs, their true abundance, and their true bread. And they then personalize their prayer. 
by deciding which side of the tracks, poverty or prosperity, they need to pray regarding each of those. Because we're definitely on the prosperity side of bread bread. But a lot of us are on the poverty side of the true bread. Because as Amos famously said, this is the prophet Amos, not the famous Amos of the cookies. But as Amos famously said, most of the well-fed are in the midst of a famine. He says, well, not, not, not a famine of bread. No, no, no. But of hearing the words of the Lord. So let's not be shocked when it's hard to hear if we can't stand to listen. Satan has an outrageously simple strategy. Starvation. Not to death, just to weakness and confusion. That does more damage in the body. And he is at it on a daily basis, right under our nose. And that's where we defeat him. On a daily basis, right under our nose. So what are you storing up? I hope it doesn't have that certain je ne sais quoi. Because what you seek is what you get. And what we store is how he'll speak and how he'll strengthen, how he'll support in your moment of truth. So he who has eyes to see and hear, ears to hear, or ears, ears to hear, let him eat. Because after all, eating is believing. Now, Let's memorize together what we, what we must personalize alone. Here we go. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come. Your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread. And forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. And do not lead us into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. For yours is the kingdom and the power, and the glory forever. Amen. Well, thanks for listening in. Why don't you join us on a Sunday morning? If you'd like more information about the church, just point your browser to hisplacechurch.com. Until next time, may the Lord bless you, keep you, and make his face shine upon you.